that again. I just want to praise you. Lift my hands, lift my hands and say, I love you. so good. for seeing another day. You've been so good. You've been so good. want to tell you thank you. God, we want to tell you thank you. God, you've been so good. God, you've been so kind. You've been so merciful. God, we want to say thank you. God, won't you forgive us of all of our sins, thoughts, and deeds, oh God, the missteps, the days that we went before your will, oh God, won't you forgive us, oh God. God, we stand here as empty pitchers before a full flowing fountain, and we ask you, God, to fill us. So, God, we want to tell you thank you for how you've healed our bodies. 
when we were sick and afflicted, how you restored. God, we want to tell you thank you for how you provided for us. Whether it was with substantive income or just, God, you made it from day to day for us. God, we thank you for our daily bread. God, I thank you for my father. I thank you that another birthday I get to celebrate with him. God, I want to tell you thank you. Thank you for the 69 years you gave him, oh God. And God, if it be your will, you'll give him 30 more. So God, I thank you for your life, the life that you've given my father, the word that you put down on the inside of him. And each and every member on this line, whether in Zoom or Facebook or in the sanctuary, God, thank you that we can see him. Thank you that we can hear him. Thank you that you kept Mama Sonia, oh God. Thank you that you're keeping the Nalls and, and Fulmer family. God, thank you that you're still making a way. God, you, you have the final say. No matter what the doctors might report, you have the final say. And God, we thank you. We thank you that you're yet touching Sapati's body. My baby texted me and said, it was all you, God. God, thank you that it is always you. It was you in the beginning. It will be you in the end. God, we thank you that it's you in the middle. So God, won't you meet the needs of those that are sick and afflicted? Oh God, won't you speak through us, oh God? Speak to us, oh God. God, move me out of the way. Let your word come through, oh God. Let no flesh be glorified in your presence. And God, we'll be the better that we've experienced you on this day. And so God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen. I just want to thank you, Lord. You know, it's, it's good to say thank you. Even when someone holds the door open for you, thank you. It's so good to say thank you to your parents. You know, so good to say thank you to your children. You know, they get you a nice gift or a cake. You know, say, well, thank you, Dad. All right. It's always good to say thank you. And we have a great God who deserves all of our thanksgiving. He has been so good. We are still in a pandemic despite the Kentucky Derby and 43,000 folks being there. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. But God has kept us. Through all the situations and the proclivities of mankind, he has yet kept us. And I want to tell him thank you. Um, I didn't know what to share. I mean, I was one thing I was thinking about blessed is the man because, you know, growing up in the Perry household, you go, let me tell you how it went. When we lived in Pomona, I won't tell everything, Dad. But when we, when we lived in Pomona, my dad has always had a thing for loud music. I guess that happened pre-salvation. And so um, one of the things, my dad had these huge speakers that he got from the Philippines. And um, on Sunday morning, we could guarantee to hear the following things play, and not in any specific order. You were going to hear America the Beautiful by Ray Charles. You were going to hear, I have a dream speech or been to the mountaintop, one of the Martin Luther King speeches. And then it will be Mississippi Mass Choir. And once you got to the Mississippi Mass, you know it was time to wake up. Because dad didn't have his devotion. He didn't start, you know, okay. So growing up, it was always a great thing um, to hear music. And we are very much a musically centered family. But my father always would quote scripture 
And there was some scriptures that I would hear him say regularly. And Psalms 1, blessed the man that um, trust, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, the law of the Lord, and, and in his law does he meditate day and night, that he might be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bring forth good fruit in his season. And it continues on, and I don't want to mess it up, but read Psalms 1. Um, my dad also would quote Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. He would all, and I would know when he would be in, you know, he would get in his little preaching pocket, you know. He was like, have that not known? I'm like, okay, Dad, be going in. And so I, I, I always admired, and so, Dad, this is your verbal birthday card. <laughs> um, I thank God for giving me parents who love the Lord. I thank God for my roots. I thank God for my dad, um, for you being here, and not only being my father, but being my pastor too. And um, one of the things when we were talking about the word of God, my dad always would say, take it seriously. It ain't no plaything, Neil. I'm like, you're right. So in today's word, we're going to be in Mark's account of the, you know, the gospel of Mark. And we're going to be talking about increasing my faith. And this is really going to be more conversational, Chucky, than probably I ever had in my life. Um, this is a... I would title this my confession, but, um, you know, you'll just hear it. Increase my faith. Oftentimes, I think faith is something that we as people struggle with the most. And it doesn't just have to be faith in God. Let's say our gas tank. You've been driving that car for some time. You know, you know your car. You know that regardless of what the mechanics might say or the manual says that it's only an 18-gallon tank, you believe there's a reservoir of two other gallons. You just believe. And so you have driven it before, and the, you gauged it by the line. You go, oh, yeah, I can make it. And next thing you know, the engine column starts getting tough and stern. You can't really move things. Cars start puttering down, and now you are in a collision course burned wrong. And you're like, but I thought I could make it. Man. And so then something will happen where you're like, okay, I can't put too much stock in it, so I, I won't test it. So then as soon as you get to a quarter of a tank, you're filling it right back up. That's not me. I'm still riding on E. Because I'm like, oh, you know, I believe I can make it. And I realized that sometimes Camille would put more faith in knowing that she could make it on E than what I've been praying for. This is just my honest confession. I might not get no amens. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. I'm telling my truth. Um, and the reality is, is that we have to fight daily to believe God what we're praying for. You, their old song, God is not through blessing you. You've been waiting on a blessing, and it seems it just won't come. Trials and, you know, and things are rough. It, you know, you're just feeling overwhelmed. He said, but, but listen, God's not through blessing you. And there is moments after moments, day after day, morning after morning, when I get up at 5.58 a.m. when my alarm wakes me up, and I'm getting ready for prayer, and I have to remember because I have a pulse and a heartbeat, he still has a plan for my life. So this might be the day that he answers that prayer. 
this might be the day that he opens that door. And sometimes I go to bed, I'm like, okay, well, not today still. Okay, we'll try it again tomorrow. And other times God has been showing me, Camille, I've been answering your prayer. I've already answered your prayer. Let me say it like that. The moment over in Daniel 9, I believe, when Gabriel went over to Daniel and told him, you know, Daniel, your prayer was answered the moment you prayed. God sent word out, but I was held up in the heavenlies. And when he sent relief, I was able to bring the word to you. But I continue on with because what Gabriel says to him, don't you know you're special to him? And that's where I have to remember, and I implore you all too. There's things that we're praying for. We're praying for Sapati's healing. We're praying for cancer to be eradicated from her body, that the enemy she sees today, she will see no more. We're praying for Carolina, praying for Randy, praying for a miracle for those that are in the hospital. We're praying. But we also have to be in a place of understanding that if it doesn't happen today, it doesn't mean it won't happen tomorrow. So I have to be honest and just say, God, increase my faith. Oh, for grace to trust you more. So let's look at Mark 9. Now, Yes, I put quite a few scriptures up, but I'm going to read through it quickly or maybe just summarize it. So one of the things that I thought was interesting in Mark's account, because you can find the same account in Matthew and in Luke, but in Mark's account, Mark is more descriptive in the conversation. So you have a situation where the disciples, so prior to this, the transfiguration happens. James, John, and Jesus Peter, James, and John, and Jesus was up on the mountain. And the transfiguration takes place. So the three disciples saw Jesus transfigured. The other nine were down yonder. So while the other nine are, are down waiting for the other three to come back, a crowd, anytime Jesus, Pastor uh, Kermit and Pastor Warren have preached when Jesus is in the house, talking about when any kind of Jesus stepped in, the crowd came running. Yeah, I mean, he's Jesus. So what we see here in the 14th verse, it says, when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. Now, I don't like arguing. I, I got that from my dad. I don't like arguing. Tell me what you, okay, that's how you feel? All right. I'm done. I don't want to go back and forth. I don't like the bickering. But these folks were in such a huff because Jesus was healing folks. He was healing folks on the Sabbath. He didn't care. He was healing folks before, before they could put them in the ground. He was touching caskets and they was coming back to life. He was disrupting their order of life. They had a problem with it. And when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him now th this is the crowd this is like all of us even those that are in cyberland we run in to see jesus like oh my god it's jesus hey jesus hey you know i'm sure if they sounded like that but that's how i think they know that his splendor but the religious leaders were still upset so you ever been somewhere where everybody is celebrating but you got folks sitting over here like this yeah it's kind of rough kind of rough so Jesus asked, what is all this arguing about? One of the men in the crowd spoke up 
and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. So your folks is crowding around the disciples, nine disciples who have been with Jesus. Nine. Nine other disciples who have been out of the 12 who have been with Jesus, who know who Jesus is, was like, well, you know, him, Peter, James, and John went up. They'll be right back. Just hold on. You know, and God had told, he told them, listen, I, I'm giving you some power here. You know, the, some, you have, you have some authority, some knowledge that if you, if you bind things in my name, it'll be bound. If you loose in my name, it'll be, you, you in connection, in relationship with me. And so he, the, I could only imagine this father who has been travailing with his son. The Bible doesn't say how old the boy is. He could have been 15, he could have been 12, he could have been 5. We don't know. But he couldn't speak. And we all know how babies are now. When babies haven't talked, they hollering, they yelling, they throwing tantrums, they running into stuff because they can't articulate what they're feeling. And here this young man, this boy, he was doing the same thing and he was like, it's a, he's possessed by an evil spirit and he won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. So in my mind, I thought about like seizures, Pastor Jones, when those seizures get real violent and you just, but this is, it's a foul and perverse spirit in him. Then he foams at the mouth. Now that's nasty. Just want to throw that out there. But he's foaming at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So you can see someone who's convulsing, going through, and they're stiff as a board. This young boy was going through it. And here's the father saying, so I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't. Uh-oh. So you've been hanging out with Jesus, sitting at the table, listening to him, watching him work miracles. You know, are you part of the same disciples that he had to put out when he healed the young girl? Are you... you you got so everybody in your camp ain't always in your camp. They just some people are just followers and not true believers. So Jesus said to them, "You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me." Now, the only authority figure that really scared me growing up was my dad. So a lot of times when I would hear, and Jesus said, you know, I would hear in my dad's voice, you know, like, oh, he must have been really upset. But when he says, you faithless people, when I read this, Mama 2, I felt bad for myself. Because I'm like, God, do you consider me faithless sometimes? Are you putting up with me? Yeah, I'm praying. Yeah, I'm, but, but uh, like that faithless hit, Chuck. That faithless hit home. Because I'm like, well, no, I, I, I believe. And then what I think is so interesting, and this is why I went this, this way. So they brought the boy to Jesus. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, so here's a couple of things. We talked about this in Power Hour. God is so mighty. 
that stuff unclean and demonic field can't stand in front of you. He said, listen, you, you can't burn strange fire to me. You can't just come to me any old kind of way. I won't receive it. Uh, he's made it clear that even what I always thought was interesting, even in the Old Testament, when the Ark of the Covenant that represented God's presence, when it was captured by the Philistines, and they were like, okay, we're going to go put the Ark of the Covenant, you know, those Israelites like this Ark of the Covenant. Let's go put it in our Magog tent. It can go over there in the Magog tent. They put it over in the Magog tent, the Ark of the Covenant. I'm not going to stand up, but you know, like I was thinking like how like a gang would be standing like strong. <laughs> okay. But the Ark of the Covenant is in position. You got Magog, little statue. You got Og's little statue. You know, Ain't no telling how they said. And someone probably heard something like, was that a, was that a noise in the Magog tent? What's going on in the Magog tent? They go in, and little Magog, little Og, is down on the floor, on its face, bowing in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, and so I'm sitting there like, oh, even statues, even false statues got to bow. So that happened two or three times. You know, the third time, this is the kicker, the third time they went in there, there was a rumbling. It was, see, what I love about God is that when he moved, you know it's him. Be healed 2020, we had a move. 2019, we had a move. I'm looking for 2021 for a move. And you, they came in, and not only was now the statue down, but the hands was cut off. And ain't nobody else in the tent but God's presence. So, they brought this boy to Jesus. So, if we understand that the Spirit of God, the, 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 the presence of God that represented the Ark of Covenant, but here you have God in the flesh, in, the, in a human form, as, as G, but fully God. That evil spirit, I could only imagine, he probably sounded like one of them roaches on the raid commercial. Was like Jesus, and like, oh, I gotta go, because those spirits are subject to His authority. It threw the child into a violent convulsion and fell to the ground again, foaming with the mouth. Jesus asked a question that He already knew the answer to. What I love about the Lord, from the beginning, if we look in the Garden of Eden. He doesn't ask a question that he doesn't already know the answer to. He's a good, good father. And he's only asking the question so you can be part of the dialogue. He's asking the questions for you to recognize where you're at in the situation. So the father, the question was, how long has this been happening? The father replies, since he was a little boy. So now we know that he's probably in the teenage years. So all of his life up to this point, the boy has never said, Dad, Mom, where's my sandals? Because they didn't have skates back then. You know, they, they nothing, no interaction. So verse 22, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. You know how I can only imagine what the father's arms might have looked like at this point. Maybe the father has some burn marks from when he would try to bring the son out. 
or maybe his wife would be like, listen, I'm not even a swimmer, but when every time he I had to go get my baby. I think about the time when my mother flew off the back porch like superwoman, but she couldn't fly, y'all. She didn't know that, but she couldn't fly, but she heard her baby choking on a cornet, and she slid into home, which I, I, mem- I remember stopped coughing. I'm looking like, what is happening? But the, the length that a parent will go t- through and to for their child. He says this, and this is where I'm at in my life. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Have mercy. Jesus replies, what do you mean if I can? Let me tell you something, Chuck. I have talked to God and I have prayed and said, there's been some times where in my conversation, I talked to Amanda about this. Sometimes my, my prayer isn't as formal as someone's might be. You know, Heavenly Father, I come knee bow, body bent. That ain't always the case. Sometimes I'm like, God, this hurts. This don't feel good. Jesus, wh- why? Why not? Wait, what happened? What about me? Have mercy. When I think about blind Bartimaeus and he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, that in the more I there's been times in my life I have cried louder, have mercy on me. And he has done just that. But when Jesus, I, I believe his tone was different. When I read this before, I used to think that it was more accusatory. Like, how dare you ask me if I can? I really think Jesus was like, what do you mean, Warren, if I can? You brought him to me. So you know that I'm able. You don't take your car to the dealership if you don't think they're able. You don't take yourself to the doctor if you don't think they're able. So know that I got more power than all of that. I made this little boy. So Jesus asked, Anything, he begins to say, anything is possible if a person believes. This scripture is above my home. When you come through the door and you look up, I have this posted. And I have to remind myself, all things are possible if I believe. So God, you telling me you can do that, do this, and do that that fast? God like, yeah. Because I spoke and everything came. So the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. God increased my faith. I have talked to, I have talked Manda's ear off, literally. When I can't call mom, I'm like, okay, somebody else is going to get this, <laughs> okay? We're going to talk. I'm laying on somebody's couch. But God, I believe, and so what I noticed, especially with Sapati's illness, so when it's it's interesting how life brings about you to have to reference back what he's done. So when she first got diagnosed, I was like, okay, I don't know what all this means, but okay. And it was like, God, I know you're a healer. But then it would get worse. Then I'm like, okay. I know you're you're still a healer, 
And there was times where God had to bring me right back to 1999. August. Seeing these little babies. You know, <laughs> just seeing the, the destruction that they had went through, but how God preserved them. So I'm like, okay, God, I know you're a healer. Then I had to remember my own illnesses and sicknesses and diseases. And God, how you healed me. Okay. And so then, as, but then I would find myself still lamenting and crying. And I'm like, God, I believe you, but help my unbelief. When there's times where things are happening and I don't know and I'm feeling weighted down, God, help me to believe in spite of. So when I ask the Lord, God, increase my faith, what I love about the Lord, when he gives us a place in his word for us to be transparent with him, he says, this is what I need you to do. I need you to recognize that there's a deficit and know that I can fill it. And what he does, he just drops little things along the way and reminds you, I heard you. I got you. I'm coming through for you. And I'm going to do it suddenly. And I'm like, okay. I'm with you. So verse 25 says, when Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers were growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. He says, listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Do you know that's how I feel about this illness with Sapati? I'm, I, when I read this, I'm like, okay, Jesus, if Jesus, you when you rebuke this spirit, you can put right there, you spirit that makes Sapati unable to hear and speak, not to be able to walk and talk like she wants to, not to enjoy her 20s like she desires. By the power of your Holy Spirit, Jesus, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Come out and never enter her again. The same for those that are dealing with drug addiction and various perversions and the different issues of life, different sin factors come out and never enter again. And it's not in my name because my name, trust me, doesn't go far at all. But in the name of Jesus, that's why the song, when anytime Sapati gets ready to have infusion, that's the song I sing, in the name of Jesus. Sapati has the victory. Tell me who can stand before her. When we call on that great name, it's Jesus. Jesus. Precious Jesus. Sapati and you and I, we all have the victory. And what I'm learning is, as I've been praying for her, God has been help, helping me to realize, as you pray for her and you pray for others, I'm praying for you. And I'm helping you out. I'm strengthening where you, I thank God that he sent Mama 2 and different ones to 3Ps who speak to me and speak to my spirit and use the word of God right on time. So grateful. All right. I'm done. Last thing. Verse 26. Then the spirit screamed. <laughs> Jesus! Threw the boy into a violent convulsion one last time. He was like, before I go, shake it one time. The boy appeared to be dead, lifeless. 
a murmur ran through the crowd as people began to say, he's dead. You know, you've always got Captain Obvious in the crowd. But Jesus took what looked to be a dead situation, took that boy by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. God, I thank you that you take us by the hand. I thank you that you take me by my hand. Mahalia Jackson sang that song, Precious Lord. Take my hand. Lead me on. Let me sing. I am weak. Oh, I get weak and weary. But God, you strengthen me. We don't sing you are my strength for nothing. Strength like no other. No, he really is. This uh, psalmist says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That only happens when you know that he is with you. So I'm not sure why my verse is not going to 29. I might have made a mistake. But if you continue on reading in there, what I love about this is that when the disciples, the nine, asked Jesus, why couldn't we do that? <laughs> you did that kind of fast. Ooh, what's up? Jesus said, these things don't come out but through prayer. This kind. Now, some translation, I was looking at some, some accounts, not translation, some accounts says prayer and fasting. Others says prayer. And when I think about that, I'm like the power of prayer. I never understood the power of prayer like I do now Growing up in church, you saw folks pray. You're like, okay, I just can't wait till they get done so I can talk. But when you realize prayer is so potent and important, it keeps you praying. I don't have no positive thoughts for nobody. I pray. Oh, I'm sending good vibes or what? No, I'm sending Jesus. I don't know who vibe is, but I know who Jesus is. I'm I'm asking him, and that's why we sing the song, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry while all others are calling. Please don't, God, remember me. Have mercy on us. So, Lord, increase my faith. One of the songs that I like to listen to by Brian Courtney Wilson, and I'm, I'm wrapping up. I have just two more scriptures. Brian Courtney Wilson has a song called Increase My Faith. He says, I know that the Lord is preparing me. This is the chorus. Four great things I have yet to see, but on days when it's hard to believe, increase my faith. The scripture over in Hebrews 12 and 2 says we have to look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When he did all that he did, and y'all know Easter is my favorite season, Resurrection Sunday, that's just my, I love that season because I understand what he did it for me. So God, because you're the author of and the finisher of my faith, even when I find it hard to believe, I, you remind me why to believe. He reminds me why I love him. He reminds me of why he's good. He reminds me of why he's kind. He, he reminds me of his attributes. When I feel overwhelmed, he says, you know you can hide in me. I told you I will hide you in the cleft of the rock. I, listen, I'm the cornerstone that the builders rejected. Remember who I am. 
So as I yet pray and I'm believing God for so many things in my life and the life of others, I want all of us if to be honest with ourselves and say, God, can't you grow our faith here? God, give me patience to believe. Give me endurance to stand. Give me more time to, to recall in my mind for I can hope, have hope and pursue after you. God, increase my faith. No, I, I'm not no faith giant. But God, I want, to, I want to believe you for everything. And those days when I fall short, God, won't you increase my faith? Lord, increase my faith. Praise God. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the word of God, Camille. Praise the Lord. You know, it's the word of God that sets us free. It's the word of God that gives us direction. It's the word of God that will cause us to have faith in him and trust him in the midst of our situations. So many times we have situations that are out of control. They're out of our self-control, and we can't do anything about it, but we know, as, the, as, as Camille shared the word, we know the one who's able to do anything but fail. He's able. He has the ability. Praise God. And he is willing and able to do it. So I pray, I trust that someone today, that your faith have been increased by hearing the word of God. He won't leave you like you came, in Jesus' name, we come together in oneness of heart and oneness of mind to worship and praise and bless the name of the Lord, but we come to hear a word from God. And you know what? God's word will never return void. God's word has went forth on today, and everyone that was in the, in the sound of the hearing heard it, and there's someone who need to apply it and trust it. And you'll see that your life will never be the same again. Oh, yeah. Thank God for his word. See, God's word is multifaceted. His, his word is for everybody. His word is for the one who don't believe. His word that we heard today is for the one who don't know Jesus. That in the midst of your struggles and the midst of your trials and, and, and everything going ziggy around you, the word came for you today. Receive Jesus. Trust him. Allow him into your life. And that word was for seasoned saints on today. That word is for us who have, who have surrendered all to Christ. Who've given our heart to Jesus. And yet we're saying, God, help my unbelief. Because here's some things, God, I haven't given to you. It's easier for me just to hold on to them and and feel that this is as good as it gets, and yet I'm yet crying holy, but God is saying, give it to me, and I'll carry it. I'll, I'll, I will bless you. I will, I will take the load off of you. So that word today is for the saints of God. Let's, let's trust God, saints, like never before. He said, these things come by prayer and fasting. You know, uh, I, I, I've been around the church, and church uh, for the last 40 years for sure and you know if you have a musical oh you can pack out the house 
You, you, can, you can call for a revival and folks will come from near and far. You can have Sunday service cranked up, fired up, and people will line up and people will be there. But I've noticed something over the years, but when the prayer meeting is called, when it's just a simple call, saints of God, let's come together and pray. In churches across the land, you'll find that the prayer meeting will be the, the less attended gathering of the saints. But Jesus said these things come by prayer and fasting. So I would admonish you today. Let's continue to call upon the name of the Lord. And when you call upon the name of Jesus, believe what you're calling on him for. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Don't take them back home with you. Leave them on the altar. On the altar of prayer. So praise God again, Evangelist Camille, for the word on today, on this beautiful, beautiful first day, first Sunday, the Lord's Day in May. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I, I've been excited. I've been spoiled over these last couple of days, uh, three or four days. My wife, she just, every day, she's just been blessing me with something, acknowledging my birthday. And I say, thank you, Lord. So she don't know she didn't spoil me so much. Next next, next year, I'm probably going to be looking at two weeks ahead. But, but no, I thank God. I thank God for allowing me to see another year. I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly. It's of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. For his compassion fell not, they're renewed every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. So Camille, I pray God's choicest blessings upon you today in the name of Jesus. Yeah, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, as you pour out to others, that God will pour out on you. And he will increase your faith. He will help your unbelief. And you'll continue to go forth in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And we just thank you, Jesus. We bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise for his word today. Amen. 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 My last appeal to you. If you are in, if you're in the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus Christ, today is your day. You don't have to go through, don't, we don't have to go through any changes. Right where you are, ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you of your sins and show you the way of righteousness. He'll do it for you. He'll, he'll turn your dark days into bright tomorrows. I'm looking at the saints here in the church right now. They all was lost in sin. But now they're in Jesus. <laughs> Glory to God. <coughs> so we praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, this, this is a, this is a first Sunday. This is communion Sunday. Praise the Lord. And we're just going to fellowship around the table of the Lord uh, at this time. Uh, we, we're going to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us. <clears throat> this is not a fairy tale. This is real. Jesus, the son of the living God, came down to this earth to live a perfect life in our place that we couldn't live, showing us the way, and he died on an old rugged cross for the sins of the world, and he rose on the third day for you and I. He is the one who has allowed us to be here together today to give him praise. 
to give him glory. As, as uh, we didn't have praise and worship this morning, we had worship this morning. Where all of the songs that went forth was to the glory of God. Putting ourselves in that place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. So we're going to ask uh, Pastor Jones if he would just come in and stand. <clears throat> Praise God. Brother Ben, why don't you come? We're going to have you pray, brother, uh, today. Amen. As we prepare our hearts, at those there, you're at home, you have communion before you. Praise the Lord. Let's use that. If you don't, if you're tuned in and you don't,